All right, I'm Matt Gregory with Sable Adjusters. And I'm Megan Calabrese with Fox Rock Properties. All right, Megan, we took a couple of weeks off. It is episode 12. So look, TB12. TB12. We have TG12. That's right. <laughs> in, in the, the In the, the Hizzo today. That's right. Uh, you want to welcome Todd in? Sure. So we've got today a really special guest, a guy I've known for a while, um, Todd Gorell. He's with the Pavement Group now. He's got a extensive background in asphalt parking lots and we're gonna have some fun todd thanks for joining us oh my pleasure this is awesome what a beautiful studio you have here and i've been loving the show so far so thanks for having me in yeah i mean you gotta wear sunglasses on the couch that megan's sitting on with that bright green green. i don't even know if it's hunter green or Call it 70s green. You'd have to bring a specialist in to get that palette. I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah, That's yeah. a different kind of green. In a time machine. Yes, right. <laughs> in a time yeah, machine. Yeah, exactly. I mean, Chris and uh, Fact Check Dave have done a great job in the studio with the with the uh, antique decor. furniture. Decor. Yeah. yeah, you're definitely going to antique stores to get some of this you know, furniture. I feel like I'm like down in the village, maybe in the 70s. <laughs> nice. You know, it's, it's cool. It's really cool. Exactly. So Todd, so I was I was looking at your background and you, and you got your toes in a lot of things right now. So you're a strategic partner with the Pavement Group. Mm-hmm. You're president and owner of the uh, the Stove Center, and you also have a concrete business strategies company as well. Yes. Yep. Okay. Your background though is all the paving, like Megan said. Can you walk us through how your road led? You like that with the paving? How your road oh, led to uh, <laughs> well done. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah, yes, exactly. How how it all led to doing the bulk of your career within paving. Yeah, yeah, sure thing. It's it's not a super interesting story, so I'll make it a quick one. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. But I was. Uh, well, I'll take you all the way back. I was a terrible student. I, I, I Love was. It. Uh, I like to say I got redshirted in high school for math and English. I ended up doing five. So I didn't go to college. I, I was, you know, kind of just done with school after high school. And I got into the restaurant world. Uh, loved it. I, I managed bars around Boston and stuff for a while. Uh, but then I met my wife, got married, had children, and sort of needed a departure from that. But not really having a background in much else, I decided I was going to try sales. You know, when you're a, a bartender, everybody tells you, if you're good at bartending, everybody yeah. tells you, oh, you could be a good salesperson, which is a lot. I've heard it a million times. It's yeah. total BS. Right? Just because you can, <laughs> it's, it's you the can BS, talk a, it's the BS dog off a meat truck. It's, it's like, okay, I'm going to lighten up on that next drink. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. Well, whatever whatever pays the bills at the time. Yeah. So. Um, but you know, there, there is sort of a lower barrier to entry getting into sales if you're willing to, to eat some crap for a while. Agreed. Um, so I, I took a sales job, uh, right after I was working in the restaurant world with, with the technology company and I was selling $500 a month backup internet service in New Bedford to businesses that had 2999 DSL. Okay. You want to learn how to sell. Yeah. You try to sell somebody a backup service that costs them 25 times what they're paying for the regular service. <laughs> I still this day don't know what we were selling, but the guy was, a little, was this little startup, yep. you know, uh, internet company. And the guy that ran it was awesome. And he taught me a ton about sales. He ended up being pretty successful. He sold the company off mm-hmm. guy named Mike Daly. He actually owns a um, cleaning company down in Newport, like a commercial cleaning company down in Newport, Rhode Island now. Okay. Um, good dude. But anyhow, it was enough to get on a resume so I could go for another sure. sales job. Love it. So I, I lived down the Cape mm-hmm. 
And TNK Asphalt had just opened a uh, location down there in Sandwich. True. It was in the newspaper. I'm pretty sure it was a newspaper. Uh, That's how old we are ago. now. Yeah. 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 You know, when Megan did up. hers, she was just thumbing up on her phone. <laughs> right. And, and, you know, implying to like, uh, not LinkedIn, <laughs> but uh, Indeed.com. Monster. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, Monster with the green. Yep, so go well, on. You and I, we had to clip the yeah. ad out, right? <laughs> go thing. to AAA and get a tip, the- t- trip tick and <laughs> yeah, figure out where we're going. You had the deli thing and there's 48 guys going for the same job. And you're wondering why his tie looks better than yours <laughs> yeah okay johnny short tie <laughs> so right on but so you know that was i, I went for the interview and i right. uh, so kevin gosnell who i know we're going to talk about in a little bit yeah. we will he was the owner and you know he became my mentor but i met him that first day up in whitman mass i was living on the cape and i went up there for the interview and um i just I, that day i'm like i gotta work for this guy yeah. i don't care what the industry is i didn't know anything about asphalt i'm not mm-hmm. like some third generation generation right. portuguese and typically guy that's what it know. is right. that's what it is it's usually the grandson of the grandfather that only had one truck and this kid's right like, on to blow it up without question yeah. okay that is the industry it's a mom and pop kind of an industry it's a generational family industry mm-hmm. so yep. um so it just that it just happened to be asphalt that they were selling mm-hmm. but and i you know so kevin who as i said became my mentor Mm-hmm. Um, did a eulogy for him at his at his wake, and I told this story at the interview. At the end, he goes, uh, "Well, you're better than a lot of the guys I saw today." <laughs> I'm like, oh, back gee, in thanks. a compliment. So yeah, like, gee, well, thanks. I don't have a spider oh. on the back of my neck tattooed. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, like, thanks. I'm like, well, what, well, what does that mean? He goes, I'm just saying, like, there are some real doozies that came through. I'm like, no, what does it what does it mean for right, me? Right. He's like, well, I, I don't go- know, man. You know, we'll, we'll be in touch. We'll yeah. be in touch, and then. Um, and he, Gary Z, who you know very well, yeah. uh, was just a legend in the industry, a, a wonderful, wonderful friend, a guy I worked with for seventeen or 13 years, I guess. Right. Um, he called me because he was a sales manager at the time. He's like, hey, we want to bring you back in and talk with you and ask me a bunch of questions. And it was just different than what anybody else was doing. Mm-hmm. It was so far from a standard interview. Mm-hmm. It was such a different vibe about the totally. company. Yeah. And, um, and then, yeah, he, he just basically said to me, you know, if you're, if you're willing to work your ass off, I think you got what it takes. You obviously have no idea what you're doing, but if you'll listen to me and you'll put the work in, I'll get you there. And I'm like, sign me up, man. And so, right. you know, I ended up being there for about 13 years. Yeah. Um, Kevin passed away. He got sick right. with ALS. So there mm-hmm. was a transition there. Uh, four of us bought the majority of the company. And, and it was kind of an arranged marriage um, is really what it kind of came down to. So, and, and again, we'll talk about Kevin a little yep. bit later. I don't want to get too far into that stuff. Um, but so I, you know, kind of popped out of there, was invited to leave and we, you know, they were very good to me. I'm still on good terms with everybody there. It's just, it was time. Our CFO, who's my partner in the concrete business strategies, he's like a contract, uh, CFO. He left about a year before I did. So there was a non-compete there as part of my buyout. Um, and which I respected because they, they paid me just as they said they would. And yeah, there was no, there was no BS where they were, you know, I call it monkey math. Yeah. You know, yeah, exactly. Right. Right. Okay. Yeah. So I held up my end of the bargain. They held up their end of the bargain. Right. So um, during that time, though, I got into some consulting. We started Concrete Business Strategies uh, because, again, the CFO of the company, who was also a partner, had left about a year before I mm-hmm. had. He had started this little consulting thing. And I just wanted to try a bunch of different things. Like I sort of over the years realized I had a very entrepreneurial spirit. You know, I, I, it was based, I was VP of sales was my primary function with TNK for all those years. And I loved doing it. But we were on a we were on a really a rocket ship before Kevin got sick. We mm. were going to be wrapping up into a large company, and we had companies. He owned parts of companies around the country, and mm-hmm. I was really getting involved in a lot of that stuff with him. So I really liked it, uh, and I had learned a ton. So the consulting thing sort of came naturally because I had all this knowledge to to sort of share. 
And most of it coming from doing the wrong things. And also, contact, also contacts, too. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I'll tell you, T&K, that's, that's what you see on the, you know, I mean, I know there's U.S. pavement, you know, paving and all that stuff. And Those guys still in business? I don't know. But <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> but, but where I'm going with this is y- you see the white and black. It's a, yeah. You it's know what I mean? Oh, yeah, it's, yeah, a, yeah, it's, yeah. it's a household name. It's a household name. Yeah. yeah. Um, how... So that so that was in the two thousand. So the internet was cranking, but was 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 T and K just starting to put their footprint, or were they now on a growth expansion? Because how was it, was it on, was it the old school on the job training for you? Like, all right, here's a phone book. Now I know this was in the two thousand, so there was the internet, but here's a phone book. Grow the business on this territory. Was that how it was, brother? Because you're coming from you you're coming from pulling caps, which we'll talk about later. Mm-hmm. Then you sold a little bit of software. Yeah, like, I don't know. think I ever sold anything there. <laughs> but yeah, dude, I had a software gig too. I sold one. I sold one thing, and I'm like, I don't even know what the. I don't even know, <laughs> don't know where are the nerds. Right, yeah. where are the guys I gave wedgies in. to in high school that right. are making all the money? How does this? What am I selling here? <laughs> I got the appointment. I need to stop talking. Right, you yeah, 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 right. Yeah, Insert right. smart person. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So now you're getting obviously into paving, and you know, there's property managers, there's residential, commercial, you know, whatever it is. What was how was that training? Like, how was that first year? Were you like, what did I get myself into? Or did they have something internally that you could at least cut your teeth on? Well, so product wise, no, not really. Right. And there isn't all that much to know about no, asphalt, right. but it was probably 10 years before I went to my first asphalt plant. We were like so focused on sales yeah. um, and growing the top line of the business. And I won't get into numbers, but you know, when I first got there, the company had been around for a while, but they've been doing a lot of residential and just kind of yeah. started into commercial. Um, and then, you know, by the Within the 13 years that I was there, we probably tripled, maybe a little bit more than that, the revenue. So it, it really kind of grew, but we grew up by, you know, focusing on that top line. Um, in 06, 07, we were kind of getting sick of working for builders and for developers. We had been putting in a lot of roads, getting strung out because it was that building boom in the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Oh, trust me, I know. And then yeah. it crashed. And especially on the Cape. There was, yep. you know, developments going in sure. all over the place. So right before the crash you know we'd love to say i'd love to say that we had a crystal ball or we're so good we knew we're just sick of getting strung out on payments and stuff uh we started getting more into commercial real estate we hired like six or seven sales reps genius that year and we did a ton of sales training so it's something that was very much part of the culture uh was the sales training and so we get them up to speed on how to close pretty quick how to network how to get in with people how to prospect we had a very disciplined approach to that and that really fueled the growth um so, and as I say, better lucky than good, the housing market just collapsed. <laughs> you know, we were able to survive and really kind of, not going to say that we killed it during the downturn, but we definitely gr- still grew every year uh, because we were getting into doing maintenance with seal coating, crack filling and all that sort mm-hmm. of stuff uh, where a lot of, you know, we, we weren't looking for huge paving jobs at the time. Um, you know, we grew into that, but just that maintenance stuff was great for us. And that's the stuff I could put on hold yeah. that was really so, you know, we were able to withstand that, that downturn for sure. Yeah. Tell us something that you learned. I mean, like you said, you weren't third generation pavement. You didn't, you know, come home with tar under your fingernails, you know, from, yeah. from age 13. Um, <laughs> or that, 10. You know, that early <laughs> on maybe. What's something that might surprise people about the, the paving and asphalt world? Something that might surprise people. Uh, well, I think you think of it as sort of a, not a very environmentally friendly yep. product. 
it's actually the most u- widely used recycled material in construction materials. As- it just always has been. Mm-hmm. Again, it wasn't an effort to go green. Yep. Asphalt is constantly recycled and, relay and, and, and reused. Yeah, yeah it yeah. is. So the, it, the, the green fact with asphalt is very high. We just had, we just had someone on our podcast, a uh, brilliant dude from, I think he's out in Columbus, Ohio, um, and he's doing recycled plastic asphalt. Mm-hmm. He's got some contracts with the Air Force where they're testing some stuff out. But that's going to be in roadways pretty soon. So oh, that's wow. something to kind of look for. Yeah. Uh, Nico Tech is the name of the company, Steve huh. Flaherty. Fascinating dude. Um, but yeah, so th- there, there is a very green um, aspect to asphalt, but you sure. wouldn't think about it. You just right. think it's dirty and it's a polluter and yeah. that sort of thing. But it's Somewhat really not. of an afterthought. The plants still really close. Are they still close? Do they still close in the winter? Uh, I think most of them do. That's something you guys tell us so that we spend more money. <laughs> oh, totally. And also you can't lay it at a certain time. <laughs> you know, hey, you got to buy this last <laughs> shovel because we can't lay concrete of uh, asphalt. Well, yeah. asphalt after November 1st. Well, they used, they did <laughs> right, really right. used to close, right? And then I think some folks started buying their own. And so, yeah, some will stay open, but <laughs> I love things, that you asked that. It's I know, so I feel true. like, I'm, like really I'm, is. I'm giving paving secrets You are. Here. Like, I'm going to go happens. back out in the paving world here, guys. <laughs> well, it's the like show, the used I mean. car salesman in, in the 80s. Right. That car's not going to be there when you come back. <laughs> right. I had five people look <laughs> at it. <laughs> no, you know, and that's, that is not to take a left turn here, but that is something with our industry where there's a lot of distrust Yes, because it, it, it's, it's earned. I don't, it's not earned. I don't think by every person, every company by any means, but there's been enough sort of, you know, uh, yeah. dishonesty in the past. Totally. Cause you, yeah, we're putting down two inches, you know, and it's, it's an inch that they're putting all that You're really gonna go watering measure? down the seal coat. There's a lot of things that customers yes. have no idea about. Right. Most of the time in the property management world, you could do a million dollar parking lot. And most property managers, and I'm not saying that it's not because they're not knowledgeable. Right. It's because you just don't know. You don't watch it go down. And they're, the, if the line striping doesn't look good, it's like, ah, this is terrible. You guys screwed it up. You're like, no, it's a perfect. We got great compaction. Yeah. The sub base is amazing. I know we screwed up the striping, the $500 part or your the, million dollar the part. The smallest part, yeah. yeah. Um, but truly, there's so many things that you don't know about that you really, really have to trust your contractor yeah. and trust that they're doing the right yeah. thing. You yeah, know? I just, I think the striping is what's, st- like if the striping oh. is off, I think that's when people start saying, okay, what else is wrong then with this project? That's the polish. Yeah, that's what people see. It's the polish. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I I agree though, it's some owners, it's an afterthought. And it's like the last thing people want to spend money on. It's like, oh crap, we got to do the parking lot. This is going to be a lot of money. Because it doesn't. complained about the pothole in the parking lot again, or it's an eyesore, there's weeds growing through the cracks, which pisses me off. But then there's, I will say there's others. I've worked, you know, when I was in third party, we worked for a primarily retail owner. Mm -hmm. Every single year, he, we would budget to seal coat and stripe because he said people pull into parking lots One, that have stripes. I was like, really? That that was just, but 1, again. 1,000%. And I his, will say this. There's nothing better than when you're pulling into somewhere and that thing is freshly sealed coat with the stripes and all that yeah. and fresh mulch. It really yeah. pops. It pops, It yeah. pops the storefront no matter where you're going. There's nothing better when you smell that you know the the mulch when you're pulling in somewhere and, and it's a and it's a freshly sealed coat. I mean, I, I agree with that. I think it's it's the well, first you, thing you look at before you open the door into where you're going. Sure, and I think that sets the it's tone. And a lot of and I think that sets the tone right are, off. The are road. doing business in their parking lot, right? You think of fast food restaurants or Dunkin' Donuts. Yep. Right. They they gotta have that because eighty percent of their business goes through the drive through. That's their lobby. Right. Right. So <laughs> you want it fresh, crisp. Yeah. The landscaping matters, right? So if you're pulling down the lobby. street and you got three to choose from. <laughs> And one of them's freshly yeah. seal coated. Yeah. I mean, which one are you going to pull into? Right. right, you feel better about it. Exactly. Yeah. So now with the so with the pavement group now, 
Yep. So obviously now you're you're out on your own and all that stuff. How have what are you what are you focused on on that? Did you go back to grassroots, start with residential, and then get into the commercial, or you, did you just throw everything out there and, and going after all your? Yeah, so, well, Pavement Group was existing before I got there. It's been around for a few years. Okay. Um, while I was kind of in my, say, hiatus. Yep. Um, you know, I was kind of figuring out what I was going to do next. So we, we, we bought this fireplace store uh, on a St. Patrick's Day out drinking with my friend that used to own it. It's always great. Uh, best, you, ideas. You know, best ideas come when, you, <laughs> when you're chewing on the ice. They yeah, really oh, do. Absolutely. I'm like, I got, hey, honey, that sounds a, like a good idea. Oh, huh? I'm a billionaire on, uh, at the bar. <laughs> right. <Yeah. laughs> absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, right. Um, but I, I, I definitely kind of stayed you know, I was doing some consulting sort of within mm -hmm. a lot of like, you know, some of the companies that are still in the same arena, not in the same industry. Um, and, but I stayed in contact with a lot of people I knew nationally. So I, I did a lot nationally when I was at TNK mm -hmm. um, and worked with a lot of other businesses, that sort of thing. So I had a lot of contacts around the country. So Brian uh, Hess, who you were on the podcast yep. with us, uh, Megan, and he's got his own podcast as well. We'll plug the morning perspective. Yes. He's, He's on episode like 400 and I know, something. He I does saw it that every on, uh, single LinkedIn. morning. Wow. It's, it's bananas. 730. One of those 400? Guys, you know, he just gets up early. If we get to 400, it's, it's you guys will. Yeah. So far, so we good. We just need 400 listeners before we <laughs> get to episode 400. <laughs> All right, so good. Yeah, just yeah. keep pumping them oh, up. The like, listeners will come. Oh, right? yeah, yeah, they build it. It was like Field the Dreams, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> we just don't have any corn stalks. Yeah, um, just keep showing so, up. So, so you just went after both commercial, residential? Yeah, so, so Brian had started the yeah. company, and we're... Um, uh, I'd say almost like a virtual type of a company. I mean, we're, we're very digitally based. We're very forward for the industry, mm -hmm. set up kind of, you know, Love a lot it. differently than anybody else is doing it. So uh, our perfect client is it's definitely commercial. We don't do any residential, uh, but it's like a portfolio based type of a client. Some of that has a lot of properties and they like to use our technologies to help manage them and then also manage their projects. So we act as a contractor. Um, but we're also really a resource to help them get information on all their properties. Like we just did 250 uh, assessments for a trucking company that we work with, a logistics company around awesome. the country. Uh, so we, you know, and we, we like to say we meet our customers where they are. So we're not really focused on just one region. I mean, we have our employees. We've got two people in Florida. We've got Raleigh. Our CFO sits in Westchester. Uh, New York. Thank uh, you. We got our <laughs> Ge geography. Like you, I was not a good student. Yeah, it's just <laughs> right above New Jersey. Yeah, it's right there. At least it was last time I was out there. Uh, our headquarters are in Pittsburgh, so we got a few people out there. We've got uh, our COOs in uh, Minneapolis. Myself, we got another sales rep here in Boston. So we're sort of spread out. Like when the when the lockdowns happened, we had been doing Zoom meetings mm -hmm. for a long time sure. before that, so it wasn't a big change for us. You know right. what I mean? Um, we sort of operated that way, but anyhow, so we we have a, a, a contractor base. Our vendors of about two hundred contractors. There's probably twenty or twenty five that are really our primary, and they really are like partners. So Brian also owns something called the Top Contractor School, uh, which is a you know it's a training school, and mm -hmm. we help smaller paving and construction companies, well, small to medium size, with everything from marketing and sales to operations to process all yeah. that sort of stuff. So we know we're using good contractors. We really get to know them. They really become part of our, not just our network, but really like our family. We share a culture and that sort of thing. So that's how we perform the work out there. Beautiful. Through, that, through strategic partners. Through strategic no partners. No self-performing. We have but some self-performing. You do some. Yeah, we've got okay. a few crews. I mean, it, it's nuts to think, but like we've got a Sealco crew out of Indianapolis that will be in, they're in Nashville right now. They're going to go down to North Carolina and bang out a couple jobs. These guys go on the road for 20 days at a time. Wow. They're road dogs. They're incredible. They're road just dogs. savages. Yeah. And they're unbelievable. Yeah. 
That's great. Um, like gypsies. They what? They like gypsies. I mean, no. yeah, no, 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 bad. yeah, they're not it's a bad just, word in I our industry. Oh, okay, they're not gypsies. No, they're, sorry, <laughs> they're not stopping at some old lady's house to right. get an extra fifty bucks. Just, okay, so they're not I mean, doing that. Just to throw down some paint that. Let's go paint <laughs> yeah, that on. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna edit that, Dave. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean to say um, the G word. Now, how did you get into the stove center and in and stuff like in, in the concrete? That was like, the St. Patrick's Day. It, well, really, I know that yeah. I know he had the the Guinnesses flowing and all that. But uh, was that just something that came across your, t- your well, obviously it did my, in the bar, but. One of my closest friends, uh, he owned it. Okay. And he got heavy into an online business with parts for that stuff. Okay. So it was sort of like a, a wood stove and pellet stove, and they yep. did a little bit of fireplaces. Absolutely. Specialty business. Yep. And it evolved over time. Super smart guy, get very entrepreneurial. Well, he built this behemoth of an online business with, believe it or not, pellet stove parts and grill parts and that sort of thing. And he didn't have any time. He'd taken all his people from the store over. He built a warehouse right next to our store and everybody was working over there. He's like, I just don't have time to run it. This is unbelievable. I'm going to pop smoke on this thing. Do yeah. you want to, you and Chris want to take it over? That's my wife. And she's yeah. there with me. And I'm like, honey, you know, have another drink and we'll talk about this. And, <laughs> no, I'm uh, telling you. So, yeah, my, my kids are getting a little older. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. First time I roofied my wife. I'm like, I got an idea. <laughs> yeah, God, it's yeah. That's terrible. Yeah, don't worry. Three, Sign two, right here. one. Okay, she's there. For real. For real. So we we were, uh, and my kids are getting a little bit older. It, yep. You know, Chris hasn't worked since uh, my my youngest one was born. So yeah. she's eleven now, and she wants to get back to doing some. Totally. So this could be fun. And I don't. She apparently she didn't say yes. But we April first, we took it over. And yeah, uh, April Fools. Just, yeah, but we're so like I'm so lucky. I found a couple of incredible people that really run it for us That's every day. So it's sort of like an investment. I spent some time there for sure. And it's right. fun. It's a fun business. But the like our general manager, this guy Corey, who's become a very good friend of mine. I, I mean, a, a diamond in the rough on Cape Cod. Believe me when I tell you. I don't know how I found this dude. Mm-hmm. But he is so smart. He's so capable. He yep. does an incredible job for us. Become a very good friend of mine as well. So it's fun to work with That's him great. too. Totally. Yeah. But I, you know, I'm really focused on the pay thing. I'm not doing much of the consulting either because okay. uh, I, I love it. I'm just sort of a paving nerd. But that's how the uh, the fireplace store kind of came to be. Literally, yeah. it was it was you know March 4th, 17th. Yeah. April 1st, we just took it over. And we ran it and we've really pivoted it. We've changed the marketing and stuff. We've kind of changed our... I'm an outside sales type of a person. I'm not... I don't know anything about retail. Right. So we've kind of mobilized our team to get out and start getting out builders and, and, sure. and, and that sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, we brought a design aspect into it and we do... Uh, wow. We're starting to do outdoor kitchens and fire pits. And that stuff's really That's fun. crazy right now, um, too. Well, everyone's staying at home because of COVID and they're getting right all these on. other stimulus yeah. checks. I mean, that's what we did. We did a hardscape and we did a insert, you know, because we weren't using the yeah. fireplace with yeah, sure. fresh I think wood. even beyond COVID, people are just appreciating the outdoors more and realizing, like, let's extend our... Out, you know, our inside yeah. living to outside. I mean, we see 100%. it in the tenants and office and restaurants. More people, They're yeah, like, I'm yeah. not leasing a space unless I can get some outdoor space now. And people are understanding like, all right, well, it sucked to be locked inside for so long. Yeah, we understand when you were a caged bird, but right, eventually right. when the when the first frost yeah. comes, we're not going to be yeah. out there. Or I'll <laughs> sit out there in my jacket, my blanket with a nice stove. Next thing you know, yeah. you guys are going to be putting those little igloo tents up <laughs> and people are going to be working <laughs> yeah. outside of my dog. We're, uh, yeah. we're so, over at Patriot Place la- this weekend, my wife and I'm sorry. Yep. Vo- <laughs> warm volleyball. town. What's that? Have you been to the warm town there? The no, I walked by it. Though. Yeah, no, I want to pop got, in there. It looks pretty got those cool. Igloos and they have them. Uh, well, that's yeah. There was everywhere. maybe yeah. You, no. We went to uh, Skipjacks and they had the igloos nice. outside. My wife's like, "Oh, let's sit in that." I'm like, 
Why? You're like, just what's, still. What's, <laughs> yeah, what's, what's the difference? But we all I, I fell don't get for it. it. Yeah. We I all mean, fell it's neat. Right. Droplets don't, don't come into the igloo. But it was like, yeah. Well, if it's raining, sure. Yeah. Oh, you're talking about COVID droplets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I mean, this whole thing has been bananas. How they could justify this certain bullshit with COVID. I got to wear my mask when I touch the door to my seat, but then when I'm ordering my, you know, my lumberjack special at the diner, I could take my mask off and eat the whole time. Right, right. I know. People, we just started. I saw a guy last night. I got my hair snipped. The guy was like, like opening the door, like with his wrists. And then he's going, I'm, I, I, I had, I literally was bleeding from the tongue because I was biting it so hard. And then I finally went to the owner Just who cuts, the door my, cuts my hair. I'm like, why did you even let him in? Right? I mean, this is insane. Just grow your hair long right. and throw it in a pony right, until right, you say, yeah. I mean, I couldn't believe it. I wanted to say a comment yeah. so bad. Don't but touch I, the right, hand, right, but right. someone's going to just lean it. over you yeah. and yeah. cut your yeah. hair. Yeah. I, I, I get the whole Everybody's thing. Everybody's on their own on their own trip. Right? But or whatever in your head. Imagine you being a germaphobic yeah. right now with no. COVID. Like the guys, like Howie Mandel, how like you couldn't even shake his hand or do anything. He was fist bump way before COVID. I mean, he invented the fist bump of the handshake and Howard Stern used to with him right yeah like, come over there and give him a that, big yeah. kiss on agt and all that yeah. stuff so, um go for it yeah um so let's get in let's have some fun um so i've always known you i mean you've been a great networker as you mentioned um you know kind of getting into sales natural fit um there's no surprise there and similar to you know i think it sounds like and from what i've met from brian the tnk culture really fit your mold because that's kind of you know you guys you guys focus on sales on training people on how to deal with the customer um sounds like brian and especially in the top contractor schools doing the same thing yeah um yeah. you know it, that's always been something that i think you know many of those like you said you guys are partnering with some of those smaller companies because they go from a truck to then like how do i talk to a customer to how do i write a proposal and you know we i was actually just talking to a yep. landscaper about this the other day and um he's good friends with the owner of newport um, paving or okay. important pavement. And he says to him, he's like, well, I try to bring you into deals. You guys don't call him back. You know, I know you get all these big jobs. Maybe you're just too busy and a half a million dollar job's not worth it to you. And jokingly, he was like, no, 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 it is. He goes, well, you know what TNK does? And like what I'm sure the pavement group does too, is they call people back. They have a actually written proposal. Yeah. They will come out, do an assessment. So like, I think, you know, a testament <clears throat> to you and what you guys did at TNK and the, the, what you focused on was really important. Like Talk a little bit about that. Like you've obviously had some good mentors and now you are one for other people and, and the importance of that, you know, kind of in your industry. Yeah. Well, people generally go out on their own because they're good at something. You know, they'll, they'll start their own business because they're good at something or, or it's a generational thing and you just started because yeah. you had to, right? Mm -hmm. It was your birthright or whatever it is. But somebody that goes out on their own in the construction world, especially in paving, you know, specifically generally is good at something, but it's very rare that anybody's good at everything, sure. right? So you hit these roadblocks along the way. And good companies sort of hit the, we call it sort of the ceiling, um, because they've done well, but they can't expand whatever it is. They can't expand their operations. They can't expand their sales, their revenues. They get stuck somewhere. And usually it's because one person is trying to do everything. Um, you know, so we kind of help them realize, hey, you got to build your team out here. Sure. Uh, you got to surround yourself with people that are going to get you the next level. Maybe it's, it's a control free kind of an owner that you got to let go and realize I'm good at this and admit I'm not good at that and find somebody that is. Some of the most successful companies that we deal with, um, the, uh, like a lot of owners, and again, it's like a sort of a construction centric thing, think their names on the door, they have to run every meeting. 
Right. They have to be the face of the company. They have to do all, make all the important decisions. Well, if you're not good at it, stop doing right. it. Find somebody that is good Surround at the things yourself. that you want, right? Yeah. So whether it's ego or it's just we've always done it this way, whatever it is that drives that, we try to help people kind of move that rock and understand that this is what you're good at. Here's the five to eight things. Sure. That's a Kevin rule. The yeah. college number is 58. And I've always lived by that. Like five to eight things kind of make up anything, yep. right? So here's the five to eight things you should be doing every day or every week. The rest of this stuff, you suck at it. Stop. Right. Right. Stop. Here's Bob. Hire Bob. Yeah. Bob's really good at this, you know? Whether it's finance or it's operations or it's sales or it's marketing or it's motivating people. But most people that are like entrepreneurial and start their own, they've got great vision, right? Yep. There, or mm -hmm. else they wouldn't have gone out on their own. So be the visionary, be the person that's leading everybody down the path, but just know that when you drop down into the weeds with everybody, you screw it up yeah. and be able, so we, we really kind of try to help people recognize that from, from, a, from a coaching standpoint. Yeah. yeah. And we're working on it every day at the pavement group too. You know, we're, we're spending, we got two days, a two day offsite in DC next week with our leadership Beautiful. team. And we're working on a lot of this stuff because yeah. you gotta, you gotta constantly as a leader, you gotta always be getting better so that your company can get better because nobody's going to get better past you. Right. It doesn't happen. That's kind of that, that law of the litter, whatever you call it. Um, you got to kind of always be evolving, yeah. you know? So, so we, we find our place to be the one that goes in there we're brutally honest, but we'll also give you a plan. Yeah. You know what I mean? They receptive to it. Some you are, just find some the ones are. that are. Yeah. yeah. You know, and, yeah. and you would, you would ask me a question about uh, leadership and, and what great leadership looks like. And it's the people that are, you know, a, that recognize that you need to be a servant leader first um, and then you got to have consistency and you got to have the discipline to do it every day. <laughs> like leadership is in a book. Yeah. It's, it's not on paper that hard. There's just certain right. things you got to do, but you got to have the, you got to have the belief first of all, that you're there to serve your people. And then you also got to have the discipline and the consistency to, to follow through, follow through on all the things that you say you're going to do. Yeah. You know, <laughs> It's hard. It's it very is. hard. To and do. You know, everyone can give their definition right. of leadership. Yeah. Everyone can, you know, like in the book and everyone. But you, you almost have to form your own style, too, of sure. being a leader. You know, I think you take bits of pieces from bad leaders that you've worked with, and then you, you stop molding it once you become a your own leader and all that. But no, I yeah. agree with it. It, it, it. But I think the biggest thing is everything. And like what you said, if you believe in the product, and you accept the grind every day, right? Then that leadership, then it then it comes into it because you're so passionate about it. When you when you're passionate about something, then I think the leadership. In my idea, if you're a born leader, you, you you'll be fine. I mean, the followers are just you know people that are just like, yeah, it's a job. I just got to get up and do it and put a day's pay in and all that stuff. Yeah, but um, if, I, yeah, but if you're not if you're not reaching them, you know, you got to look right. back at yourself. And a lot of leaders just want to say, ah, oh, the guy's just, he's not a good employee. Right. Oh yeah, well, what, <laughs> yeah, right. He here? right. Have you done everything you can to yeah. sort of inspire that person? Do they understand where this is all going? Do they know what the next step is for them? Yeah. Um, and you don't. You're right on with the style. Like you don't have to be a big fiery leader or whatever. Oh. You can be a quiet, introverted leader as long as you lead. You know, by example, and you're consistent. The, the companies that we go into with, with the consulting thing mm -hmm. that struggle the most, um, that could, you know, you know they could be successful because they're smart and they got a great product and they're good to their people, they lack consistency, yeah. right? So when things start to go wrong, people panic and they want to look. It's, it's like a parent-child relationship to some degree. Sure. They want to feel safe. They want to feel like someone's got the wheel, you know, <laughs> uh, 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 the boat when the yeah. seas are getting a little rocky. <laughs> oh, and when you're yeah. in, you're out, you, you, you got mix it. message, 
that's what blows up companies more than yeah. anything. Restaurants blow up that way too because of consistency. Once you take your eye off the ball yeah. and you just don't do it, People then the back. restaurants. And I think it, some, sorry. Right no, on. go for it. Similar to what you said about um, you try to meet your customers where they are. Same thing with mentors and good leaders, right? You, you know, you can have a style, but then you also have to be able to read your team and your employees sure. or whoever you're working with and say, all right, how do I reach him? How do I Nailed inspire it. him or her? How do I, you know, because not everybody listens to blow up gaskets, you know, pull the pin. Others are like, all right, you know, maybe it's a softer approach or maybe I got to kind of appeal to what gets, what's their why? Like what drives right. them, you know? But you almost have to be, yeah. you, you, so as true. a leader too, you have to be a chameleon. Yeah. You, you have to, you have to change your coat because like it's with the, it's like, like you said, that, that parent child relationship. Yeah. How I talk to Chloe, my 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 fifteen year old, especially this morning. Sure, <laughs> I can't talk to her brother Brock that way. So you almost have to adjust yeah. your your stance in the batter's box. It's in that from a leadership standpoint, I, I could never work for an introvert. Okay, like, I, I, it would. I, I think it would be nails on the chalkboard because I'd try diving into this guy's head. Yeah, yeah. I'd try getting him out to have I a think beer that with me. Would be mutual. What's oh one thousand one thousand percent? My feelings would scare him in five oh, minutes. Oh, one hundred percent. You know, it's taken so many years for my wife's best friend, for me and him to now just be like BFFs because he's an introvert. Okay, and I'm not. And I always wonder, I go, this guy doesn't even like me, I don't think. But it was probably because I come in like, you know, yeah, yeah. animal from the Muppets sure. <laughs> with, with the chains broken and the drumsticks. Yeah. And he's just like, I'll be right back. I got to go out of my nose. Yeah, I got to, yeah. I need to go in and take a deep breath <laughs> yeah. to wonder if I can handle this Matt, Maddie right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I but I think with the leader though, and in, in you're, you're absolutely right, uh, Meg, is... Every employee has a seat in the, you know, has a good seat and they bring that added val to a company. And if that leader recognizes those strengths and has to dial it down, kind of like what I'm doing right now is, you know, from Susie over here, you, 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 you have to take a different approach to, to pull out that A game in her. But then there's, you know, Jill over here that you can be yourself and be like, all right, what's going on? You know, hey, yep. what do we got to do? Yeah. Or, you know, she doesn't mind that I'm having a bad day and I'm flying off the handle because she's not going to take it personal. No, right. But I think that's the stuff. You I scream, well, when they turtle. trust you too, yeah. you know, some scream, some, yeah, fight or flight you know, yeah. or whatever it is. When you got that trust as a leader, when you built up that trust with your team, you can ask them, how do you want to be coached? Right. Tell me what works what for works. you. Manage your managers too. Some people want mm -hmm. a balloon on the back of their chair. <laughs> and other guys want to be taken down the hallway and beaten up a little bit. You exactly. know what I mean? Yeah. Because this is what I respond to. When they trust you enough to be vulnerable yeah. like that, that's when you, you start going fast as a yeah. company. But you, you hear more of that now though. Oh yeah. But when our parents were the leaders. There was only one way. It was my way or the yeah. highway. Yeah. yeah, sure. And now if you say my way or the highway, the guy's giving you the bird out the door before you you yeah. can even finish highway. Yeah. Because no, I, I mean, we've gotten softer. But We've gotten you, a lot, and I am but, not a, a big. I don't love that that we oh, have, I, I, but no. it's a reality. Yeah, right. So you 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 adjust or you die. Right? But it's you, also it, it, it but it's reality. also come you know easy easy, Mister CEO. Relax. Yeah, we're, we're the backbone of you. We're doing all the heavy lifting. In obviously, he had the you know the stones to build the company and go, take it to the next level. But yeah. you know. I think now we see globally that it's a lot more than just the guy that started the company. There's also that. a lot more yeah. ways to learn now and a lot more ways to make money. You're not one word 
professions anymore. Are you a doctor, a lawyer, a nurse, you know, right. a teacher? <laughs> sure. There's, yeah, right. there's so many different teacher. ways to learn and mm -hmm. to make money and to have successful companies that our grandparents or even parents, you know, rolling over and being like, what? I didn't know you could put it's things a, on a computer and make money and, you well, know. You got to figure higher education is probably in trouble in yes. the next couple of decades, right? I just, just don't think it's there anymore. Yeah. I just, it just isn't. Yeah, I remember my first gig out of college and I barely, I don't know, <laughs> that's a whole other story, but they'd be like, oh, what's your GPA? It's like, so you're going to base me, you're going to judge me off what I got for a GPA. I'm books. I'm not book smart. Right. I, I can talk to a wall and build a relationship out of that wall and probably get an RFP sign. You know what I mean? Sure. And all that. I go, so you're going to hire Thad over there that got a 3.9 <laughs> and not Maddie G that got a 2.08. Right. You, you know what I mean? I'm a, I'm a to, fun time. because he went to Harvard. Harvard. Right, right, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ooh. Right. It's like Bill Murray in, um, yeah. with the bowling thing where he's like, ooh. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. I think there's- Kingpin. So, yeah, um, there's but a no, lot to, I agree with that. Yeah. And Megan, I'm sorry I'm talking over That's to all right. you. No, there's a lot to be said for that. It kind of parlays into, um, you know, culture and like where we work and, and how people feel. And coming out of this COVID world, you know, there's all this talk about w working from home and what people are going to do. Are they even going to come back? And I think a lot of that, I, and again, every industry is different, but I think it yeah. speaks to the culture and, and some folks are really worried about that. And, you know, as, as some of this new generation comes up that like, I want to work from home you know, because they don't want, why, why do you want to, do you not want someone over you? Do you, do you just not want to work hard? I think, you know, going <laughs> I don't want to shower the, today. Yeah, right. Your right, TK right. days and even now what you're doing at pavement group and, and mentoring people. Are you, what do you think is going to happen with this like younger generation that may not learn? It was the pause. The way we yep, did. The great yeah. pause. Right on. Yeah. It's, it's going to depend on what world they go back to, right. how quickly we can put it back together for them. I think the young people nailed it. Uh, it nailed is, it. it's what's going to be a big thing for, for folks our age, you know, it's kind of funny. And I know, you know, you deal with a lot of commercial office space. You're seeing people that are pretending like they're happy to be home all day with right. their wife or husband oh, and their God kids. No. And, yeah. uh, it, it, you know, so I live on the Cape. I got a lot of friends that commute up to Boston and, you know, May of last year, they're like, this is wonderful. I'm having lunch with the kids. I'm doing right. homework by like July. They're like, I got to get the fuck yeah, out of exactly. I got to oh, get exactly. the fuck oh, out of here. It was like the you know? short term. It was like the Zoomian. Yeah, yeah. Let's play bingo on Zoom. Oh, okay, I'm one and done. Yeah. Oh, really? It's, it's it, you know, like yeah. networking. Same thing. Did you go yeah. to any of those networking events via Zoom? No. How unnatural is it? Like if you're Nails a good on a chalkboard. It is. Yeah. You, oh. you want to be around people. Yeah. So we're going to, I mean, you ever walk into like a BOMA meeting and just stare at someone in the face for two hours been like, hey, what's going It's No, it's so crazy. It's creepy. I know. Anybody that's really into that stuff, that's had some success with it, or, you, you know, you get energy from those things. I love mm -hmm. those things. Those Same. will come yeah. back. That's going to come yeah. back fast. Uh, I don't Boy, think- People are going to be sprinting back to those events. Sprinting back. And yeah. I also think, and I hope, it's also going to- change the attitudes a little bit of the stuffy people that you know yeah that wouldn't give you five minutes because they don't know you and all that i hope it goes back to the old school networking where it's like hey how you doing pal great to see you yep all that yeah sure because i think some of the you know like some of those um networking events was you know more vendor than you know the the client that you were looking to reach but i think it i think with people like us todd and, and megan I, Thanks, man. I need to try. Well, you know, I just didn't want, you know, I didn't want HR sending me a letter in my mailbox for my <laughs> podcast. Um, I think people will be more welcome to say, oh, have you met Steve? You know, even if he came solo. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because before, Steve, if that circle was already there and he's trying to get into that circle, because I think 
I hope that the COVID thing and I hope the Zoom meetings and all that, it just welcomes more people live and engage in just yeah. two-minute conversations. People are a little more compassionate. Yeah, compassionate. And slowed us down a little bit, which I think we were, it was needed. Well, you yeah, were yeah, kicking and screaming going to a networking event. I'll tell you right now, going to a five-hour golf tournament, yeah. like last year, I was like, oh my God, I, I want nothing to do with this. You know, now I think if I got invited to a golf tournament, I'd be like, yeah, sign me up. Yeah. Just yeah. so I can see people. Sure. But I mean, obviously, so... Um, ALS One's having a great golf tournament at Granite Links in July, by the way. Nice. ALS1.org. Just go check it out. Love it. Yeah. And, and we're going to we piggyback go. into the ALS ones, but I, I, I do want to... There was some of the things that I loved. Sure. Number one, I love creative names. Like if you start a company, you know, like a... You started Liquid Land Lunch... Joke. What's that? And the joke. And the, yeah. <laughs> I love creative names. I have nothing in my head. Yeah. yeah. No, I was getting there, but you right. know. And moving on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you do have your new. Are you on a run right now where you change your shoes for every podcast? Because you've not worn the same shoes. In case it's getting dry, twice. I need to give you something to talk about. It's, so, okay. yes. There we Fair go. Because I, I know some, I like those little It's called the Imelda Marcos I mean, podcast. Fact check. Trick. Yeah. Fact check Dave, <laughs> and they're still rocking his. And he left us. Yeah. He's taking a nap. Um, <laughs> Liquid Lunch Productions, freaking love the name. Okay. I mean, it already engaged me. I love those things. So you're a writer. Is it for, yeah. for, for stand-up comedy or is it for, are you doing that was, scripts? So that Did was actually that a, a friend of mine's. Are you that? really a stand-up comedian? Uh, yeah. You well, were, right? I, I, yeah, yeah. Oh, so I, you weren't bullshitting on that part so. of it. I, I no, 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 no. I but so you're to, a writer. So yeah, I was never successful at stand-up comedy. That's, was that's it the uh, start. Was it because you want, because I think you and I are a lot alike where you, your one line has come from like what was maybe just teed up. Were you not good at a stand-up comedian because you would have to write your material and you were overthinking your next jokes and all that? Yeah, I never stuff? really leaned into it. So the, okay. how I got into stand-up, like growing up, I would listen to comedy. I didn't really listen to music. You know, I had all these tastes. Who was your favorite and, comic growing up? Probably George Carlin. Okay. I mean, my taste have changed a lot, but growing up, uh, and there was a lot of his album. My parent had, had literally okay. his album, so kids at home, nice. an album. Right. No, just kidding. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there, yeah, before you, could, before you could just download music to yeah. your Instagram camera, <laughs> you could, you had to go out and actually buy it and put it on this turntable. But my parents had that, like David Steinberg. I mean, like sort okay. of just, it was in the album collection. I found mm -hmm. it and I really, really loved it. Like his early stuff, like Occupation Fool. I mean, way out there. Okay. I didn't understand the drug references or anything. Yeah. And then I, I, I get into like Billy Crystal, um, yep. Richard loved Richard Pryor. So that like eighties kind of had yeah, a boom. I get it. And there was, I'm all in. There was a lot of good comics, a lot yeah. of crappy comics. And then I just absolutely love good club comics. Like I, you know, for my money, Dave Attell is probably the best working comedian in the country. Not everybody even knows the guy. Nope. You go to the comedy cellar down in uh, Greenwich village on any night, pretty much you go see him and he just kills a crowd of tourists awesome. every single night. He's, he's incredible. That's awesome. Um, but I want, so I wanted to try it. And really yep. more so, I just kind of wanted to be around. And we started going to the clubs in Boston, like the Comedy Connection and, and Nick's. Yep. Sneaking in there. <laughs> we were like, Knicks, yeah. like 18, you know, just yep. to see these shows. And, yeah. You know, Jimmy Tangle and Tony V and all those guys. And <laughs> yeah. this, that whole legend of the Ding Ho. And all, like, that is so fascinating and so fun for me to learn about. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, again, either you're injured or you're not. No, that's sort of I, that's I what I learned out yeah. on. I hate them because I was always the fat kid that they picked out. <laughs> There'd be 300 fucking people in the audience. They found me. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, okay. <laughs> This is great. This is great. Yeah. Oh, okay. My, is skin. it my turn? I had thick skin, but it was like. Yeah. But that back like, then, again? You, if well, you, you were taking dates though. Do you, do you, you were going with twenty of your sweat hog friends. You were usually saying, "Hey, you want to go check?" No, out no. I'm telling. Like when we first got our license, we go down there. Okay. And we, we we get into the clubs. And, nice. You know, like Kevin Knox and. Do you remember Vinny Favorito? No. 
He used to work next. He was an incel comic. He ended up it's almost out, like Vinnie Barbarino. <laughs> yeah, he ended up out in uh, Las Vegas. He had his own okay. room at like the Flamingo for a while. Oh wow! But he used to host the open mic, and he was a one hundred percent insult comic. Like he just worked yeah, the yeah. crowd. That's yeah, what he, he did, he, and he could do it for like three hours. But he was this revered dude. Yeah, he looked just like his name sounds. Yeah, he was Vinnie, you know? yeah, yeah. And um, he, he used to host the open December. mic at, at Nick's, <laughs> and I, I was brand new, man. I had like two jokes and a poem you know i didn't know what i was doing but i'd be going up my mom would be there and she brought her friend and like this is the biggest event in our family right. in years i'm like i might not even get on mom don't drive right. all the way to the city yeah. and then he'd roast the comic coming up for like oh. five minutes before he get up there oh and like oh you know tell me uh, point out on this doll where the judge touched you what's the ma- i mean where the judge where the, where the uh, priest touched you, you know, yeah, 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 blew yeah. that joke but anyhow yeah, yeah that's that why was you sort of that's uh, why you had a short stent no <laughs> no fun. I i'd throw a pie joke. at your face right but now, i, I used to go over the comedy studio right. Fairmount. There's a guy, Rick Jenkins, that opened okay. that. It was on the third floor of the Hong Kong in uh, over in uh, Harvard Square. Yep. And that became a legendary place. It was there for like 20 years. It was a small, little intimate club, but a lot okay. of big names. Louis C.K. used to be in there all the time. Oh, wow. Gary Goldman came up through there. Kinda Mike Capital, a lot of big he names. He kind of shot himself in the foot. Yeah. C.K. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he really did. <laughs> I like to, you know, like to say I closed for him a few times. Cause he yeah, I don't, think you wanna lead, I don't think you want to lead with that one. No. <laughs> with strangers, but I get it. Yeah, yeah, no. Well, back in the day. Yeah, yeah right, back in the day, yeah. Before all the cancel stuff was happening. You could do that sort of thing nobody cared no. right um but i you know a couple times he came into the club it would yeah. be like a wednesday night and there's eight people in the crowd and he's on some world tour he pops in to polish off some jokes and they're like oh you, i gotta bump you louis gonna go up and he go up there and just melt faces for 20 minutes and they'd yeah. be like and here's todd garrell with <laughs> next and i'm like all right i think we gotta go pee yeah, it's yes. like the slow song and like going to see yeah. a, a concert he, he sang 23 good songs but wait for the one yeah. for the new album and right. we'll go take our pee break no oh, right on yeah. man. at the when T and K did their um, their St. Patty's Day party or their you know, client appreciation party, that's when I, I think this was gosh years ago. They yeah. used to have you do the raffle, yeah. And it was like I was crying, laughing because I just I, oh, I love relevance. You know what I mean? When but you you're also like, brutally yeah. honest too. So if he yeah. stunk, you would have like it's relatable. It I just awful. relatable jokes to me are funny. Yep. You know the the and then like just the Seinfeld stuff. Like that stuff really like sits with me. And you yeah. he'd be up there and it's a raffle with a room full of people. And he's like, all right, he reads the number and, and like a guy's in the back. He's like, yeah, no, take your time. We don't have any other numbers to get through. Like it's just like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, that's the stuff that killed you. It's yeah, like, I was like, that's oh, sarcasm. Man, this guy is hilarious. <laughs> so you did it. So how long? So I saw you know the beverage manager, the bar. We talked about you bartending and all that in Boston. What were some of the uh, the bars that you used to pull caps? Um, well, in Boston, I worked for the Back Bay Restaurant Group. So, so what was that like? Charlie, Charlie's in Chestnut Hill, I spent a lot of time at. What, Charlie, um, there was Charlie's in Chestnut Hill Mall and then Charlie's on Newberry. Yeah, were you on Charlie's Same, on Newberry? I, I worked there a bit. I spent most what of year? my time in Chestnut Hill. Let's think here. Late 90s, maybe 2000s. Okay, so my there. wife was already gone because she was part of the Charlie gang. Because okay. when Charlie's was there, Janet Ferry was her maiden name. Gotcha. Oh, four nine. You'd you'd the okay. name in the name in height would would you'd be like yeah I know her. Okay, but she was there in like. 90, 91. Gotcha, gotcha. And then Daisy Buchanan's was right downstairs from Daisy that. Daisy Buchanan's was downstairs, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's and then they had, showing my age. They had uh, you know. Joe's American, which <laughs> yep. was like a nightclub on so Friday So then you had Atlantic, Atlantic Fish Company. Was that part of the, yep. the Back Bay yeah, Company and or whatever Louis. it was? Yeah, Ava Louise and the Paparazzi's was the other one they had down yep. there. It, I, I've said this and I'll say it again, and hopefully that one day they'll sponsor us, <laughs> is <laughs> I would put Abe and Louise up against anyone. Yeah. Especially on Boylston Street for their steak. Right on. I love 
from the atmosphere. Yeah. I love the state coats that they wear, the present all I that, agree. I don't need to go to Grill 22 or Morton's or, yeah. you know, the Palm or any. I think you get the bang for your buck in the taste of that steak. million percent. Abe and Louis. I don't it's think they're called steak but coats, but we'll let that one go. No, it's a, coat. The, 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 <laughs> you think it's called a steak coat? It's like a butcher's no, it's coat, a, right? It's a butcher's coat, I should have said, but you're right. It was a waiter's waiter, coat. Yeah. I, but I just, I, yeah. it just. It is and, a notch it, I was just recently It's an experience. In there. That's I where I always see COVID. celebrities, too. Yeah. You know, I don't see them in the other places. I see You see them at Abe and Louis, though. A lot of Celtics. They built a Exactly. The Celtics, yeah. the, yeah. Pa- the Pats, you yeah. know, people in, but mostly like the Celtics and the Bruins guys would go yeah. in there, I could see. Or if Lo- you were doing local a gig. Ce- local celebrities. Yeah. I mean, I've never seen Brad Pitt in there. Yeah. Right. But you might get an Ernie Saw me in there. now and then. Yeah. You know what I mean? I yeah. am the chubby Brad Pitt <laughs> of Massachusetts. <laughs> um, so let's, so before we get into rapid fire questions, let's talk about obviously a foundation that you're tied to because of your relationship, obviously, but ALS one. Sure. Are you still actively involved in that? Um, yeah. Talk to us about that so we yeah, can for sure. draw some light um, into that, man, if uh, you want. Yeah, no, sure. I, I definitely have not had as much time to put into it over, over the last year, year and a half. Okay. Um, but I'm still. So Jen Martino, who's the executive director of it, mm-hmm. you know, one of my closest friends, and we still uh, communicate quite a bit. And I, I, you know, what I've been able to do over the last couple of years a little bit more is sort of like MC at events and, yeah. and that sort of thing. And, you know, like you were talking about with the comedy thing and the yeah. St. Patrick's Day party, I like doing that sort of stuff. So that's, okay. that's fun and, and easy and been able to help, you know, raise some money for, for certain things. Uh, but they're going extremely strong. And Good. the, the organization itself, I'll just give you the, the quick uh, elevator pitch on it, but um, it's probably not the right thing to say about a charity. I'll give you the high level view, the elevator pitch. Let me sell you on this. Yeah, let me yeah. sell you on why you should donate. Yeah, let's to get ALS. the checkbooks out. All right. Yeah. I'm in sales mode. But, yeah. um, no, but so, you know, Kevin Gosnell, who, yeah. who died of ALS back in 2016, he was the founder. Mm-hmm. And actually, your, your guest from last week, so Laura Winters, yep. was. Um, one of the, I think she was the original executive director, I want to say was her position, but she right. really helped get that off the ground. She's amazing. Mm-hmm. I got to work with her maybe for a year when this thing was really yep. getting started and bootstrapped and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And then Jen Martino stepped in and really taken it to another level. She's got an, an incredible board of directors um, that work with her as well. But it's a partnership between um, Mass General, uh, CCALS, which is a, a, a c- compassionate care, or Cape Cod, I'm sorry, Compassionate Care ALS. It's on Cape Cod. I always think the CC is Cape yep. Cod. But that's Ron Hoffman who does a lot of the caregiving. Mm-hmm. Um, ALS TDI, which is a pharma company uh, that's located up here. And then uh, UMass Medical, uh, Dr. Uh, Bob Brown, who's like the godfather of ALS. So they kind of brought all these brilliant minds together. Yeah. This was this was Kevin's vision. Yeah. And we get diagnosed with ALS in 2015. It was only about 18 months from the time he knew what he had until he passed away. Um, but he went into to Mass General. He mm-hmm. kind of found out, because he, he was a very connected guy, but he was, he was ferocious. And he found out who the best doctor was in this arena. It was a woman named Merit Sakovich at Mass General. She's he, the head of neurology there. He, he found said, her and he said, I need an appointment with her. He found someone that knew her and he was able to get in with her. I love that shit. And he sat down with her and she kind of told him where the state of ALS was. And she's on the forefront of research but she was spending half her time writing grants. The, the, like maybe the smartest person I've ever met in my life, maybe the smartest person on the planet, right? In, in charge of brain yeah, science at Mass yeah. General, the best hospital in the world, was spending 50% of her time on her computer looking for money to keep funding what they were That's doing. Insane. And he's like, you know, obviously at this point, he's yeah. got a very emotional attachment to the disease and, 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 yeah. and a reason to fight. But he knew really, you know, he was that kind of a person. He wanted to have a purpose. You know, he was passing the business 
on. He wanted to have a purpose for the end of his life. And yeah, kinda, I get it. I think maybe show his boys too, you know. Any how, of the boys you, in the business in T&K or no? No. Okay. No, they, his twins just graduated. So his, his oldest son, Scotty, graduated Colby three years ago, I think. Okay. And he's working like in the insurance world, awesome. insurance tech. Um, and then his boys, his, he has twin boys that just graduated Babson last week, I think. Okay, fantastic. Uh, and they're going into, I think they're going into finance. I know Jake's going down to New York. I'm okay. not exactly sure what Joey's Now you but also no, said, but Kevin also, and I'm not jumping over you, but what, sure. one thing that he discovered was a lot of sides weren't getting along in the sandbox, right? Was it like... There was, they weren't connected. There was a lot of disconnects there in, in that dream team or right on. they believe in this part and this, he kind of really brought a well, lot he, of so people he, he together. Challenged, right? He challenged uh, Dr. Sokovic. She said, she told me I could call her Merit. So I call her Merit because yeah. easier saying that whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. But he, uh, you know, he challenged her. He said, can you get the, the, the players here to, to show up at a table in a couple of weeks? I just want to talk to him. I just want to have a conversation and share some ideas how I think I can help you guys move this thing forward. And she's like, sure, I'll invite him. It'll never happen. Yeah, they're not going to So come. she, you know, because she, she sent an email and they showed up. I think it was a couple of weeks later for the meeting and they were all there. And he laid out the vision for what he wanted to be. At the time, it was ALS Knights, and it was evolving into ALS One. Yeah. And that's where that ALS Ice One comes from. It's all these organizations working together. Because when you have a limited amount of so money the one out came there, from working together. Yeah, ALS One. I thought it was one, like really. Air Force One, and I'm not putting upon. Like, I I thought maybe ALS One, Air Force One. So I was wrong. Yeah. Go yeah, on. Yeah, I think you were wrong. I've never been number one, just number two. So go on. Uh, so yeah, but that's really kind of, yeah. kind of, you know, the vision of that was bringing everybody together to work together and realize, Hey, we'll, we'll raise money for you. So we'll set up the organization ALS one. That's going to raise money mm -hmm. and we'll give you this and we'll give you this. And this is for research. This is to help with care. This is to help with what ALS TDI is working on. Um, but you guys got to work with us to help us a fundraise and understand what we're doing here and really build this, this thing into what we know it can be. And now it's, it's, it's a behemoth. I mean, it's yeah. a machine uh, and it's done so much good. And, and you know, the biggest thing is bringing families. You, you get a diagnosis like that. It's devastating. What's the, yeah. fir what's the first sign of a, what's the first symptoms that Kevin said? Okay. Maybe Ke I, he had a pain his in his leg, calf. And right? I don't remember whether it was his left or his right. This, this is interesting. So we, I don't remember if it was his left or and his I'm right calf. I'm just curious because I've never but known he, like, he was, you know, uh, like when you have the stomach bug, you're like, okay, you know, but how well, he, he was hiking, um, they, they were up in, uh, had a house up in New Hampshire, okay. um, over near Atatash, if you go with town, but over that area, they were mm -hmm. hiking and he felt the pain in his leg. Uh, and Kevin was always, you know, as healthy as a horse always was. And he, so he was, you know, it was kind of odd. He mentioned it. And then Christmas time and they were down in the Caribbean. I think it, uh, it doesn't matter. I forget where they were, but, uh, he was coming out of the water and he sort of, his leg got weak under him and he's like. What, what is going on here? So by January, he was pretty sort of panicked. He knew something was going on, but the doctors still couldn't narrow it down. And yeah. they thought he was taking something for cholesterol that has statins can sometimes well, mimic. Stat yeah, I'm on a statin and I know that. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes they can mimic these type of symptoms mm -hmm. of some of these, some of these, uh, you know, type of diseases. Um, so in, by March, he, he knew something was wrong, but they still didn't know what it was. And I'll never forget. He was on crutches and we had, you guys remember Jeff Bowman? Mm -hmm. um, from the marathon bombing. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. Yep, they yep. Made, made the move. Jake Gyllenhaal made the move. Yep, about yeah, it. yeah. So Jeff Bowman came in 
and spoke at our kickoff. Um, I, I had a connection with him. Did he lose both legs? Was, did Jeff lose one he, or two? No, no, he lost both, both legs. Both yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And uh, what a what a how was that? How was by the that? way? Was it, there a dry eye in the building? No, when man. He spoke? He's so authentic. Mm. He's such. Just I mean, he was a, a Costco deli kid that was just cheering on his girlfriend. Oh, it's just right. Five yeah. minutes can change your life. Five, <laughs> yeah, nuts. He showed up late. No, I mean, if you watch the movie, right? It was it was like yeah. the whole thing was just no. The whole thing was like yeah. it, so, it was awful. So yeah. it must how inspirational was he was he was incredible he was so and he was going through a lot i mean obviously you're going to go through a lot after something like that he's still trying to piece things back together and Mm -hmm. um you know he's become a very private person since then but he was you know we we had a mutual connection my his aunt is one of my sister's best friends he's from Chelmsford where i grew up yep um and so you know we were able to have him come in and, and speak and he was incredible but i remember kevin was on crutches at that point still didn't really know what was going on with his leg and he's like, you guys hear me bitching around the shop, you know, and here's this guy. He's got, you know, what he's dealing with. The two prosthetics. I'm feeling bad for myself. Yeah. The heck with it. Little did we yeah. know, you know, what really, right. what he really had going on. Yeah. Um, Heartbreaking. Yeah. I yeah. And then from there, you know, we kind of found out pretty, yeah. pretty quickly. But, and he went into action. That's the kind of guy. Yeah. Was, Nobody's man. surprised. Just, yeah. You either sit on the sideline and cry yeah. and feel bad for yourself. And then three months later, you, you know, four months, a year, you yeah. pass away. Yeah. Or. You take the bull by the horns and you start going in there and you fight to your last breath. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. It was the St. Paddy's Day party that year. Um, one of the last times I, I saw him, but he was sitting out. I just had, I think, Izzy. And uh, t- this is just the type of guy he was. Like, room full of people. doesn't matter. I mean, we weren't that close. But we've done a lot of work together. Right. Sits so down. Oh, you, Meg, show me the pictures. You got... I can't wait oh. to see Izzy. And then he kept grabbing his leg. I'm like, what's wrong? He's like, ah, he's nothing, nothing. He's like, I just got this pain in my leg that I, he's like, they'll figure it out. Show me a picture of your daughter. Isn't it great? Isn't parenting the best? He's like, isn't it the best? He's like, it's the best accomplishment in the world. That's just the type of guy he it's was. It's a great yeah. accomplishment, but boy, is it a grind. Oh, it's a journey. <laughs> yeah, it's like sales. It's a journey. Yeah, it's like, oh, how am I going to sell her to clean yeah, her yeah, room yeah. today? Yeah. Right. Yeah, you're right. She had so many clothes on the uh, on the floor the other day. I had to ask her point blank, are, those, are these dirty or clean? She goes, yeah. they're clean. I go, oh, it's great. That's great. Because <laughs> if they were dirty, I could at least put them right next to the, the, the waste basket that was empty. Right. And then just done the laundry for her because, yeah, yeah. you know, I'm Mr. Belvedere. Yeah. It, you know, and it's crazy. But no, no that's awesome, man. And and that thing has still a lot of legs that that thing's not never going to look oh, back. Yeah. It really does. ALS1, you think, is, it, is, his, is his wife involved in it? Well, you hope. That? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Kathy's very involved. Um, and there's still a lot of events that happen. They had Fantastic. the polar plunge a few weeks ago. Yeah. It was successful. Yeah. Awesome. Don't they have a short runway though of what they really truly believe they could find a cure it's getting closer and closer right yeah it really you think als before alzheimer's oh you know what i I don't know i don't know enough about the alzheimer's right Right. Uh, no i I couldn't i couldn't really tell you about it's all in the stem right when i started paying attention to it you know which was when kevin got sick in say 2015 what's happened from then to what's happening now and there's a lot of these great organizations that are out there um that really kind of work together and help to push you know, push the science and push yeah. the money towards it. Uh, so much has happened, you know, yeah. like there's the right to try uh, where, where, I mean, imagine that where, where you've got a terminal disease and you know, there's a, there's a medication out there and you're going to pass away anyhow oh, and you can't get, get access to it, oh. which is like, I know there's so a whole lot more to it. I'm oversimplifying yeah. it, but there's guys, this guy, Matt Bellina, uh, who's down in Philadelphia, mm-hmm. um, just an incredible dude. He was a Air Force, uh, Navy pilot, I think. Uh, three beautiful kids, beautiful wife, top of the world, he got, got ALS. He's, he's had it for, I think, five years now, something like that. And he's, you know, he's, but 
he got some of that right to try stuff pushed through. He had some friends that were pretty influential. Awesome. Really Fantastic. lobbied the Trump administration. And so he's sort of benefited from some of that stuff. Awesome. Uh, and you can see results. Like I see, you know, I see him on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. No, I just, he's, he's really right. pushing through and, and it's, uh, we got to get more of that right to try and not thin the herd mentality. Yeah. You know, I think a lot of it has to do with thinning the herd. I mean, I just found out last night that, you know, we, we, I don't know how I got on the opiate crisis last night when I was getting my hair cut, but you know, my hair, my, my barber is my therapist as well. Sure. But we were talking about something and I guess there's a pill out there for pain, but there's an ingredient that can block the receptor oh, of addiction. Like she, and she used, huh. and Mags used the word, it's, it's basically the invisible, it's the addiction yeah. trigger. Like, ooh, I like these. Okay. Yeah. Like the fun, the warm feeling. It like yeah, yeah, sets sure. off neurons it's, in your yeah, brain. And, and there is yeah, actually, yeah. they hmm. have a pill out there that can help for pain management, but won't give you that addiction that leads to obviously yeah, sure. other bad things because of prescription and all that. And that just pisses me off to no end. And I'm not going to go down that rabbit hole. But, you know, if there's things out there that can help people, right. you know, Come on, let's make it happen. Yeah. And that right yeah. to try, man. I never even knew that, but yeah. um, let's do it. It's so, all right, stuff. we're gonna so we're gonna tee up right now. We're gonna we're gonna shine some finish light up on with this uh, rapid fire. Yeah, okay. we're gonna finish with rapid fire. So, all we're gonna do, brother, is I'm just gonna ask you something. You're gonna give me one word or a quick sentence, and we go from there. Okay. All right. Look, so we'll start soft. Forward to it. Sure. Favorite sports team? Patriots. Seems to be the common theme. Absolutely. Favorite cartoon show growing up? Oh, Bugs Bunny. Really? Yeah, yeah. Not the Flintstones or the Jetsons? Or oh, those like were good. Okay. I love cartoons. But, but, but Bugs Bunny. This is Bugs his Bunny? choice. I know. I'm sorry. Yes. I just... <laughs> favorite holiday? Uh, Christmas. Real or fake Christmas tree? Fake. I got allergies. Okay. <laughs> White or blinking Are you allergic lights? to... Hang tight, up, Megan. Are you allergic to picking up the needles and carrying it out of the Yeah, thing? I was going to say, are you allergic no. to getting this pan out? That's and, what my husband is allergic yeah, to. Yeah, I'm allergic to when the pine needle falls into the heating system <laughs> right. and then it smells like the, the ugly air freshener, yeah, the pine all air freshener right? yeah. all year round. Yeah, no, we got one real, when my wife and I first moved into our, <laughs> yeah. our first apartment together, yeah. uh, we got a real tree because she would not accept that I was yeah. allergic and, we, and it was a okay. disaster. I just yeah. sneezed for, you guys got for married. 24 days. You know? yeah. <laughs> Favorite cereal? Uh, cinnamon toast crunch, I think. Have you ever done cinnamon toast crunch French toast? No. So you not. crush them up in a bag? Yeah. And you put that into the mix of the egg wash and all that stuff? Try really? that one. Yeah, all if right. you ever revisit. I'm on, I'm on, I'm on week four of keto, so I can't do any of that stuff right oh, now. I'm surprised I, that I, hasn't come up yet. Yeah, man. well, no, I, I, I'm obviously off keto, <laughs> but I, I, I uh, revisit keto probably about 10 months. It works into the conversation. Yeah, often. 10 times a year I try keto. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I, 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 God bless you for that, though. It's a, it's a very thing. Last movie you saw in the theater? Oh, wow, that's a good question. Last movie I saw in the theater? It's been a while. Oh, man. I, I don't know that I can remember that. Maybe maybe the Star Wars one where Han Solo dies. What was the name of that one? I don't know. That was like four years ago. All right. Right? I, I used to go to the theater a lot. But yeah, I no, I just, no, it's probably I some figured, kids movie that yeah. was out. That what, I, I can't remember. I what, really can't remember. All right. Well, what's uh, do you binge watch like Netflix? All those ones? Not really. Okay. I mean, I have Yellowstone. Oh, yeah. love Yellowstone. I watched all you, of that. It's coming back. Dude, th is Costner coming back yeah, on he's that? In it. Because there was rumors that Costner oh, wasn't going to sign on back. for. The, oh, I'm really? Like, I mean, what's his name in the? I, um, 
What is it? Dalton? No. Uh, what's his, his real like his no, actor no, what's his name? His, his, no, what's his character's uh, name character in it? Yeah, John Dalton. John, John Dalton. Dalton. John yeah. Dalton. Right? He yeah. is a badass. Oh, he is. I'm not. Are you done with it? I'm. Yeah, waiting for the next. Okay, the next one to come out. So that last episode, yeah. the, the last episode of the season. Yeah. Something's incredible. going on with Jamie. Uh, yeah, Jamie, yeah, the father that came out of it's definitely it's my favorite show too. It's gonna and get I wild. stubbed my toe and I fell into that one. Yep. It was um fantastic. I gotta, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about Yellowstone. So I bought my truck. I got a, yeah. The, I noticed the, that white the seventeen ninety four Tundra. Yeah, <laughs> and I bought it because I've been watching Yellowstone. Okay, and I'm like I want to. I want to. Do you have a cup? Do you pull up? I want to be a cup. That's as the, close as I'll ever get. Do you get come to over the bridge ripped, though, you know? Todd, with a uh, with a ten gallon hat? I, nah, it's as, again, as far as I can. As far okay, as I no, can. I'm just curious. But and, you I was know, inspired by Yellowstone, so no, I that cowboy version. Good product By the way, one of my favorite shows. Yeah, beers or spike salsa? Ah, beer. Dogs or cats? Oh, dogs. Thank you. Uh, favorite genre of music? Uh, probably like 90s alternative rock. All day. Pearl Jam. All yeah, that Pearl stuff. Jam, Nirvana. Nirvana. Day, love all that stuff. Same with me. Um, Spotify or Pandora? Spotify. Favorite snack? Uh, like chips by the, by the bag. <laughs> Flavor? <laughs> Sour cream and onion. Damn. Now... Do you have? Are you loyal to a, a brand of sour cream and onion, or can you just go like Pringles to I'll Lay's? You know, my favorite. There you go. My yeah, favorite chips good... growing up were the Stop and Shop. Like it used All to be day. Purity Save, Supreme yeah. brand. We had the green mold around the, yeah. the ring, <laughs> and I think they evolved into the Oots. Yeah. I believe. I, oh, I'm convinced. I, I can probably go look that up on Google, but yeah. I believe yeah. that's what that factory yeah. evolved into with yeah. those crappy store bought chips, which yeah. I love. So I buy the Oots. Yeah. Well, I'm glad canceled culture, whatever it is, didn't take her off the, the bag of chips. She's right. probably next. <laughs> the, she's definitely. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if someone's going to get insulted with the ribbon in her hair right. or some bullshit. Aunt like your mom that. is like, "Hey, wait." Yeah. Oh, yeah. That has yeah, to go to absolutely. What are we doing here? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Burgers or hot dogs off the grill? Oh, burgers. How do you cook that? You a medium rare guy? Yeah. Same here. Little blood? Oh no, like rare plus to medium rare. I like a fair amount of blood. Same. That's how I eat my steaks too. Yeah, I want, yeah, I want to just get rid of the cow's hair on there and just, like this, I want to pretend I cut my finger. I'm a very tolerant person. Like okay. I can get along with just about anybody. But yeah. if I went to Abe and Louis with you and you ordered your steak well done, I'd probably never oh. speak to you again. Yeah. Well, like I probably, I, I, that's a person I can't connect with. And then I would like to punch someone in the seat of the pants if they ordered chicken or fish at a steak joint. Right. Too. Right. <laughs> it's yeah. like you could have said no to the invite. Right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, right? We gotta do this. Right. But no, my buddy. Uh, brew up he goes well to the it's like hey why don't we go to the why don't we go to the um the boot store and get you a timberland and and put some steak sauce on that because that's what a well well done right it's, right it's right. like a leather boot <laughs> for yeah. christ's sakes yeah sure. or just order beef jerky yeah <laughs> drives me nuts i agree do you put ketchup or mustard on that burger um mayonnaise um, only the, mayonnaise and onions that's my favorite way to have a burger interesting i'm I think we're a match made in heaven. <laughs> yeah. The same. Heaven I, or? I, I just bring it on. I mean, if you no, got to do it, do I it. I put right. mayo on dogs too. Oh, I, I don't know if I ever really? no, Try that one. Try bologna. Yeah. Yeah. It's good it's point. It's bologna in a roll. It really is. <laughs> so we think. In a, in a casing, right. I call it. Yeah. Um, favorite person you would like to have a drink with? Uh, oh, that's a great question. I'd love the Jerry Seinfeld probably. Mm. I'd love to sit with Jerry Seinfeld for an hour or two. Right. So my wife's claim to fame with Jerry Seinfeld <laughs> He came to UMass, he did his little stand-up routine, and then they asked the audience for questions. Yeah. She got up and asked him, boxes or briefs? Oh, no kidding. Yeah. She's still to this what day. What was his uh, answer? 
Uh, boxes. Oh. You're welcome. Good to know. Uh, the boxers. Yeah. Oh, yeah, right. He probably Talk, went off on something with it. boxes. <laughs> but anyways, I mean, I know you were a chosen these guy, people? D5. Uh, time travel back in time. What event would you like to time travel back to? Oh, that's a, wow. That's a heck of a question. I know. It's a little what? loaded. What? I had my morning coffee and, 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 and my bike. I, I think maybe maybe to the theater the night Lincoln got shot. Fucking. And really just because I heard the play was really good. I mean, I wouldn't interfere with the shooting because that's that's history. Oh, you were the, you, were there, you, the were, there, you were there for the heard show. The play was really good. Yeah, 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 I'm sure the hygiene was great in that theater too. In yeah. uh, <laughs> sync or Backstreet Boys, or neither, or you, neither. How do you know the difference? I do. In sync or back? Actually, which one's Joey Fatone in? That's uh, Backstreet, Backstreet Boys. Boys. All right, I'll tell you. I did a I did a TV show with him. Friend of mine's like a celebrity chef, and oh, Joey wow. Fatone's got this My Family Recipe show. Yep, filmed up in Woburn, Mass. And I came in as the bartender. I made a cocktail at the end. Nice. And, uh, it's called the Fuzzy Morning. I was shit faced. I was just coming off. Of, <laughs> Give me the, I was see. actually at a golf tournament with Chad Boulay. <laughs> oh, geez. Down in the Cape. Say yeah. no more. <laughs> Been drinking all day. Yeah. And then I had to shoot up to Woburn to, uh, which I sh- never should have done. Yeah, had to yeah, shoot yeah, up we, to Woburn. We'll, we'll edit to, that part of that <laughs> one. Uh, yeah. For all our state trooper friends. Right. I, I Ubered. I Ubered up. I Ubered. Chris Murray, we may have a future client for you. And I got there just in time. Like they had finishing up. They, you know, had gone and done all the stuff they had to do. Yeah. They're back and they were ready for the fuzzy morning. And right. Like, oh, yeah. what, what's in the fuzzy morning? <laughs> it, it was. It had something to do with peach. It was like peach schnapps, and absolute something. Ugh. And uh, yeah, but it was like a morning cocktail. No, the idea I, was I, you wake yeah. up. And they were doing like some pasta dish. It made no sense. It didn't yeah. match. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I was like, you, dude, I'm doing pair. my homework on the bus. I'm like, <laughs> what can I make? What yeah, can I make? Shit house. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pair a ball and ace. Right. With, with a <laughs> fuzzy morning. Isn't that like a fuzzy navel? Like yeah. that? It's, uh, yeah. Like the fuzzy morning seems like. Or, oh, because we put orange juice in it. That's what made it the morning. That's what it was. Yeah. Makes it acceptable. Yeah, and it did not go well with the carbonara. Dude, how's your cankers in your mouth after that one? Yeah, So, real quick, Todd. Give me your, define success. Give me your de- definition of success. Um, I, I think if you create an environment, whether it's at home or if it's at business or whatever you do in your church, your organization, where everybody feels good, everybody's achieving, everybody feels like they're moving their lives forward and you got something to do with that. Love it. That's it. That's really kind of it. You know, I'm not saying that it's it, that it's simple to do. But if you're striving for that every day, you know, just kind of helping people and, 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 you know, knowing what they want to do and helping them get there and anything that you do, you know, that for me is what a successful person is going to be. And when you peel back the layers, I think on people that have been successful over time, and you can, you can look at Steve Jobs and Bill Gates, those guys are the anomaly. They invented right, something sure. crazy. Right. They weren't necessarily great leaders, but most great leaders, and you look at business leaders around here, they're people that were just super invested in their people and built them to help build their companies or their organizations, or yeah. whatever it is they're trying to build. So to me, success is everybody around you, you enjoy being around them, and they're happy because things are good. Awesome. Um, look, I got a man crush on TB12. Yeah. But I think, yeah. T- I think I think TG12 did an unbelievable right job, Megan. Todd, thanks well, so much for joining yeah. us. This was I, fun. I, I, was awesome. I mean, brother, I feel like I've known you for years. Um, you know, th- this is becoming my little one-liner that I use, but Megan, once again... True testament to her network, her virtual Rolodex. Uh, you know, the cast of characters that we've had on this podcast up to date, man, y- you're ranked high on that. And, uh, well, thank you. I truly can't thank you enough. Thank you for bringing light to the ALS1, talking about it. Well, thank um, you for giving me the platform to do yeah, that. Yeah, no. Of and um, 
I'll be honest with you. If I'm not invited onto your podcast, <laughs> you're one and done. You're right. He's feeling a little sour. And, 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 you, won't, and you won't be invited to the uh, Keeping It Real golf tournament at Indian Pond Country Club this summer. <laughs> oh, come on. All right. I'm, you he's in. You he's in. I'll peel you up with Megan. Joey Fatone. What do you want? Joey Fatone was with NSYNC. So you can hold that Crap. over his head for as really? long as you want. Yeah, Joey, you're right. He yeah. was with Justin yeah, in the. Uh, what's the blonde head? That is embarrassing. What's Justin the over here on the All right, fact check, Dave. Dave. Give me the members of uh, Backstreet Boys. All the members. Uh, there's Brian. There's Nick. There's Kevin. And who's the other one? Uh, yeah, I'm blanking on the other one. All right, what about oh AJ? Sorry, AJ. who could forget yeah, AJ? Yeah, AJ Jeez. was wow. the one that wore the shades and did his nails and did drugs. What about an NSYNC? It was Justin, Justin Joey, Tenroy, Lance Bass. Oh, yeah. Lance was he bought uh, the Brady Joey cells. Fatone, and then uh, JC Chazé. Look at that! Wow. Wow. How old are you? That, uh, well, Thirty-five. Wait, wait, yeah. dress, you would think sixteen. <laughs> I mean, but this I, is I a mean, that was not cross-country your, logo here. That was I not your time. Sweatshirts, but oh, I okay. Yeah, I'm sure you neck did. Into that thing. That he did like that a, without any internet. That thing's like a smeed. That was incredible. Yeah. Hey, Todd. One last thing, and, and I didn't. I wanted to touch upon this really in the North Shore. You a roast beef? Do you think the roast beef sandwich needs to stay on the North Shore? No, well, like pub pizza has to stay on the South Shore. Don't don't cross pollinate those two. Just real quick. There's a few places, you know, on the South Shore and on the Cape that try to do it. Yeah, Giorgio's yeah. in Easton tried, right. and it's a good one. Yeah. And then yeah, we yeah. have Angelo's in Plymouth Center, which is a decent one. Is it pretty good? I've never tried it's, that one. But okay. it's, not the, it's not like Nick's in Beverly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know? you just nobody's going to be able to or do Kelly's. it. Kelly's. Right. It's, it's like when uh, Frank Pepe started putting them in the malls. You're like, yeah. well, well, you don't have that hundred years of shit that built up in the, <laughs> yeah. in the no, brick oven but, pizza well, on my it, pizza. That's what it is. Yeah. And it's like the Cape Cod pizza with the Bob pizza. It's in the pan. Yeah. It is. Yeah. It's the pans. It's no, you can't replicate. So Cape Cod pizza opened one in Halifax. It tastes like dog shit. Okay. It's not, the, it's the pans. It's yeah. the Brockton water. Yeah. It's the ovens. Yeah. It's Big the time, roast. It's, it's the roast. It's like beef. New York ba bagels, right? Because yeah. the water is it's so the, polluted. Yeah, right. That's why it gives you a unique Actually, taste. That's, why, good. that's yeah. why you do not order pizza in Florida. Right. Oh. It's the water. How, it's high and high and it's yeah. shit. Yeah. Right, right. Order the, how, how order far, the let me, Cuban. Let me throw one at you. How What's far that? away from the coast? How many miles from the coast will you order seafood? <sighs> That's a freaking fantastic rapid fire question on the host. <laughs> I got to see the, I got to smell the air. Okay. I got I, I to gotta see the water, smell the air. Gotcha. I don't, I'm, put it this way. I'm not in Omaha, Nebraska ordering fucking cod. No, right no. on. Yeah. I'm not doing the fish and chips in yeah. Pittsfield, Massachusetts either. Sure. No, I think Worcester's got to be a cutoff, depending on what the fish is. Yeah. I mean, you, you can get look shrimp at, anywhere, but you know, you're talking about. So here's, the, here's yeah. the deal yeah. with that, and I'll answer it. From, from the arm of the Cape, from P-Town, all the way up to like Salem, okay, Boston. Yeah, sure. That's where my seafood line goes. Obviously, because you got Boston, the, you can see. Uh, yeah. yeah, sure. Yeah, you got that. But yeah, you're right. I think I think need them that way. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I think I'm staying away from um the. It was fresh seafood. Yeah, it was, right, it was like we were fresh. at Loon Mountain, and my wife was like, "Oh, you got I'll lobster bisque? I'll have the lobster bisque." I'm like, "You realize that's lobster bisque broth, right? right. You, if I'll pay you a hundred bucks yeah. if you pull out a freaking tail or a claw yeah. out of that lobster bisque, because yeah. we're in the mountains. Yeah, yeah. Sure. In the mountains, you get you know the beef stew. Yeah, you know all the venison chili. chili. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Chili. That's that, stick to what you're good at. But you're absolutely right. If I, <laughs> I got to see or smell the ocean and know that I'm within a five minute drive yeah, sure. to the drink 
and I'll and I'll look at the seafood menu. Yeah, yeah, right on. It's like ordering seafood at a fast food restaurant. Yeah, I'm not going no. to Applebee's and no getting bueno. the fish and chips. No, chest. how many friends have tried to talk into the lobster roll at McDonald's? Right. Oh. They're like, no, it's way better than you think. I like, have but that could it? still be really bad. Right. Like right. what I think of yeah. that's way down here. <laughs> right. you, know? you don't know, know what my baseline it? is. Right. Exactly. <laughs> have you ever tried though the fish sandwich or the lobster roll from McDonald's? I mean, I, I had a fillet of fish back yeah. in the day, but, but have you ever tried the lobster roll? I did. It was it was like mayonnaise and a hot dog. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And I think they had some dye and food coloring. Of course. Well, just stay in your lane. Yeah, exactly. Stay, stay in, your in your lane. Lobster rolls don't need to be accessible yeah, to everybody. Lane. Like we exactly. started with. You don't have to be it good can, at everything. You're going yeah, to McDonald's. If you're going to McDonald's, I'm either going 20 piece or or the double quarter pounder with cheese, extra pickles, because I'm yeah, not sure. going there to eat healthy. Right. No. I, no. I want in 30 minutes You've pulled in making sweats a and full of regret. Right. Yeah. <laughs> it's like being, it's, uh, it's like waking up the next morning from yeah, having too many You want to be on your bathroom floor crying. <laughs> oh, dude, I want to Or else you made a mistake. I want to be yeah. left alone where the feet fall asleep. <laughs> right. Because I sat too long. You turn up. into that shiny new parking oh, lot. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with a conscious decision that this ain't going to be a healthy choice. No, no. Yeah, when you pull in, they say, welcome to McDonald's. There's a bad decision from start to finish and it's not going to end well. You, as you travel the country, yeah. you know, I, I'd love to say I, I notice the culture and the people. The biggest thing I notice is how many more burger chains there are mm-hmm. in other parts of the country. Yeah. Like, we are starved here. Yeah. In and out Burger, yeah. Fat Burger, Jack in the Box. I, I know. Everywhere else, but here you got, you think you know, got one come, Sonic. You think, you think In and Out comes this way? Kind of like they, how Dunkin' Donuts went west, or how now all of a sudden um, Chick Fil A came up from the south. Do you think yeah. one day in our lifetime we may see an In and Out Burger? I don't know. They said the real estate's too expensive. Yeah. I talked to somebody about this. I've done a lot of work with with guys that own fast food restaurants yeah. over the years, um, and I asked that specifically about In and Out Burger. Yeah. Like, why don't they push out this way? Uh, and they said the real estate's too expensive, but they're popping hello up in California. Like, well, exactly, yeah. starting California, but those are probably They've been a lot forever. of legacy leases. Yeah. Right? But they also maybe they, even own the land. They're too. popping into Colorado now, which isn't cheap. You know, they're around Denver. I got to assume that's expensive. Real yeah. estate. There's a lot so. of munchies out there yeah. with the dispensaries so, in Denver. Well, that's just it. They're like, burger. yeah, you want it? You want a uh, a double double? <laughs> Fifteen dollars, <laughs> <laughs> stone <laughs> bastard. Yeah, 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 right. That's exactly. how they afford yeah. it. This is great. All right, that's it, man. That's a wrap, Megan. Episode twelve in the books. We're going, yep. fr- we're going Thursday the 13th. I know. With episode 13. So we'll figure out who we're going to yeah. pull out no of the bullpen on that. Yeah. I'm hoping that one day, uh, you know, Mr. Chris, Chris Devin. I know. Uh, we'll be on here, but from you know, next week. All right, we'll, well he just gave, right. he just gave it We're to us out of the penalty thumbs up from the sound booth. <laughs> yeah, we, he's 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 editing the freaking thing. Maybe maybe we'll even have DC sit we in. Should. We da- should. Uh, fact check Dave could yep. be uh, sit uh, shotgun with him. Yeah, and then we'll go from nah, there. I don't know. We'll we'll work on that idea. <laughs> All right, well, I we'll, like I like my office. I like listening to you guys from far away. Yeah, I'm sure. You yeah, can yeah, do a, you can do a retrospective as you're playing Tetris. All the things that came up that were you know like a very special episode. We're gonna look back. a very Brady Christmas. Yes. All right, my man. Great seeing you. Megan, I'll see you next week. Thanks. Cheers. All right, pal.